You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Outdoor Edge in their complete lineup of knives and game processing kits. These guys right now are doing an absolutely huge giveaway where you could win an elk hunt and not just any elk hunt. We're talking about a seven or eight mile horseback ride into the backcountry. We're talking a one-on-one guided hunt. You're going to be sleeping in a wall tent and you're going to be doing that for five days with the founder and CEO of Outdoor Edge, David Block. Now, if you've never been on an elk hunt before, I'm telling you right now, go sign up for this because if you ever hear a elk bugle, whether it's at 400 yards or it's at 40 yards, it is a life-changing experience. So here's how you enter. Go to OutdoorEdge.com. There's going to be a big banner for it somewhere on their homepage. All you have to do is click on that. Go fill out some information. I think your name, your email address, maybe some other stuff. And that's all you have to do. That's how you are entered. They're going to be picking a winner oh, a ways from now. So you have plenty of time to enter. Go visit OutdoorEdge.com. Sign up today. And if you decide to purchase any products from the website, Enter the discount code NATION30. That's the word NATION with the number 30 after that. No spaces. NATION30. And you will receive 30% off your purchase. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson. And if you've been living under a rock, and you don't know anything about deer hunting, I will tell you right now that it is literally the best time to be out in the woods bow hunting if you're a bow hunter, right? But most of you already know that, right? You live in Iowa or in the Midwest. It is the rut. And that's what we're going to talk about today, man. I I have four four points, and there's several little points that I want to kind of touch base on real quick today. We have a really quick episode, and um, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm already tagged out. But what made me want to do this episode is I'm getting a lot of messages through Instagram, through Facebook, even emails, uh, text messages, even phone calls from uh, listeners uh, about they're not being ape they're not finding success in the woods whether that's encounters whether that's uh shooting a you know a target buck or you know all this other stuff um and i just wanted to kind of touch base and answer all of those questions in this in this episode right so um the what we're going to do in this episode is we're going to talk a little bit about some strategies. We're going to talk about things to do, things not to do. And I know this is going to be kind of a general podcast. And the reason I say that is because I can only give advice to myself, right? I don't know your hunting situation. I don't know how many acres you have. I don't know if that's ag. I don't know if it's timber. I don't know if it's 20 acres. I don't know if it's a thousand acres, right? So this is kind of a a general, a general conversation podcast uh, in hopes that something I say may spark an idea in your head that allows you to make a move or, or try a different strategy that uh, allows you to get closer to a target animal or a big mature buck. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, 
this podcast is probably not for the guy who is just out there to fill the freezer. This is going to be a little bit more technical, but in a general way, if that makes sense. So um, I'm, I'm going to get into that here in a second. We got to do a quick uh, commercial for Quiet Cat, right? Um, now, we all know that electric bikes are the hottest thing out right now. Quiet Cat is the leader in electric bikes for hunting, fishing, camping, and exploring the great outdoors. Get to your stand quietly and scent-free and bring all of your gear with you without even breaking a sweat. Quiet Cat features accessories such as cargo trailers, racks, bags, backpacks, bow and gun holders, as well as lights for safe travel anytime. If you want to find out more information on the Quiet Cat e-bikes, visit quietcat.com. And uh, just so you know, it's Q-U-I-E-T-K-A-T.com for more information. Uh, actually, I've <laughs> I've uh, ridden those bikes before, and they're badass. Uh, I have a lot of fun when I ride them. So uh, quietcat.com, check them out. And now we've done the commercial. Now we're going to get into the topic at hand, and, and that is the second week of, of November. And, and I feel like if I had to choose between the first week of November and the second week of November and I only got five days to hunt every year, it would definitely, or seven days to hunt, it would be the the second week of November. I, the, the first week is really action-packed, I feel. A lot of young deer running around, a lot of, you know, this, this chasing, the quote-unquote hunter-perceived rut is out, is going on right now. And I really think that uh, um, people are missing the point on that. And that is that, for me, and I don't know what your what your goal is every year, but for me, I want to kill a big mature buck, right? And I've noticed throughout my 15 years of hardcore bow hunting that I'm getting more big mature bucks, not only on trail camera, but sightings from the tree stands that second week of November, right? These deer are starting to come off their second doe. Uh, first possibly second doe they're all the does are starting to uh or have been bred or the number of available does are are dwindling down and you, you know those studies where you see the bell curve right peak rut is or peak breeding i should say is november 14th that means based off of studies most does get bred throughout the Midwest, throughout the nation on the 14th of November. Then after that, we have everything starts to curve down and less and less deer are available to breed. Now, there's this window that I, I feel is a really special window in the, you know, in the outdoors when we're talking about bow hunting whitetails. And that's when the big mature bucks come off their uh, their second, maybe even third doe, depending on how many they've bred. There's not a lot of does yet available, just a couple, but that gets these deer moving and moving long distances, right? They start to cruise. There's still that scent in the air. And that's when I start to get these trail camera pictures of these, these bucks I've never seen before, but they're giants, right? Cruising through the property, maybe one or two times. I call those bonus bucks and uh, they're not homebodies. They, they come through once or twice. They make a lap looking for that doe and then they split. Right. And this is when your homebody bucks, if you haven't got a crack at them already are on their feet 
a lot throughout the day and they're cruising ridge systems they're going through pinch points they're they're going through almost every doe bedding area on the farm in a 24-hour period and they do that until they find another doe they bounce to another property or they quit rutting and um so that is what i would consider the second week of november now the second half of the rut almost because even into this time frame of the November 20th all the way to Thanksgiving there's still a lot of activity in the woods it's not the crazy run around type activity but it is the oh man uh, um, a perfect example would be 2017 I no 2015 I believe it was uh, it was November 24th uh, I got a day to uh, a morning to get out and get back into the a timber and I ran into one one of these deer I call zombie bucks man just like head down sniffing not paying attention to anything just he had one thing on his mind he was like a five-year-old Boone and Crockett uh 10 pointer and uh just head down didn't care came through unfortunately I'm <laughs> I put a bad shot on him and he lived uh, for, you know, five more years until he was or like, uh, three more years until he was harvested by the neighbor. But that's what I'm talking about. These deer, these big bucks are on their feet. They're cruising. So that's what we have to work with, uh, this time of year. Right. And, uh, so there's still hope, right. And, uh, it is Friday, the 13th, November. So peak breeding is happening right now. And if you're debating on whether or not to get into the stand, you need to get into the stand right now. Uh, trade all the bon bonus points you have. Tell your wife you'll do the dishes. Uh, take her out to dinner. Buy, get a babysitter for the kids. I don't care what you have to do. If you're not tagged out, get in the stand right now. All right, so here's some of the things that uh, people question me. You know, they, they have questions about or tips and tricks or tactics that I've used in the past to find success or things that people uh, should or should not do. All right. So where should I hunt? Where should I hunt? Where should I hunt? <laughs> it is the rut, man. This is the breeding season for the whitetail buck, right? Where does he want to be? He wants to be where the does are. Where are the does? The does are in their bedding areas, right? Now, there's point A, which is bedding, and point B, which is a food source. And for the most part, does are still traveling that back and forth bedding to food, bedding to food. And throughout that line, right, we have the bedding area, we have the travel route, we have the staging area, and then we have the destination food source. That's that's what I would say. And where are you going to – where do the does spend most of their time throughout the entire day? It's either nocturnally at the destination food source or throughout the day down in their bedding area or in their bedding area, wherever that may be. So where do I want to be? I want to be downwind of that bedding area, right? And I don't know how many times I have to repeat this. I, I think I, I've said it so many times, I feel like a broken record, uh, this, this, uh, this rut. Bedding area, bedding area, bedding area. If you do not know where the bedding areas are on your farms, Go find them right now and put a tree stand downwind of that. Ladder stands on field edges or food plots 
even during the rut, get less activity than downwind of a really good bedding area. This is where you're going to run into those, those cruiser big mature bucks that I've talked about, right? The zombie deer that are, that are so intent on breeding. They just don't care about what's going on. And the, the, the ag field stand may be great. I mean, it may work for some of you, but I, I just can't stand to hunt a destination food source on a field edge where I know that a majority of the activity is done by eight in the morning, eight or nine in the morning, right? Unless you have a really isolated farm, unless you have a great terrain feature leading in and out of it, or maybe some good sign or, or maybe uh, a good chunk of CRP before you get to this, um, before you get to the ag field that they kind of stage in or feel comfortable in or even bed in throughout the, the day. But Man, I just can't hunt these field edges. This is me personally. So if you're having trouble connecting on a deer and you've been hunting a, a, a field edge tree stand that you put up in July, it may be time to take a little bit more of an aggressive move and move into the timber, into some of these staging areas, into some of these bedding areas, and really focus on going to the deer and not letting the deer come to you. And I think that's a, a real big issue a lot of people have is they tend to, their strategy be, uh, tends to become stagnant and they just freeze. And, you know, I'm going to skip, I'm kind of going to skip ahead uh, to this third point that I had real quick. And that is don't freeze. Freezing to me is the biggest killer of momentum of the rut. And you, you see a deer come out of the same woodlot four times, five times, six times, and you don't do anything about it, man, you're just letting that deer win. If you want to kill that deer, you have to move, period. You have to move. Now, I know a lot of uh, you guys right now may be listening to this and saying, well, Dan, I only have 40 acres or Dan, I only have 10 acres or what, whatever you're going to be able to get away with a little bit more right now than you would in October 1st, right? Take the time, take that shot, take that aggressive move right now and get closer to where the deer are coming from. And I guarantee, I'm not going to guarantee anything, but I promise you it's better than sitting and watching from afar because unless you're going to take a 200, 100 yard archery shot, it's just, it's not going to happen. And I see it all too often where someone will message me through Instagram and they'll say, hey, Dan, uh, what should I do? What should I do? And, uh, or I'm having trouble connecting with deer. And then I, we do almost like a root cause analysis where I talk to them about what their strategy has been thus far this season. And it is the same thing. I go to stand A or I go to stand B because I saw a big deer come through there five years ago, 10 years ago. So I know it's good. That's bullshit, right? We all know that. Uh, quit talking yourself out of making a move. Talk yourself in to making a move. Use that same energy the opposite way and make a move because the rut, believe it or not, is half over right now. And we have another I would say another five, five days before stuff starts winding down. And the next thing you know, you're going to be sitting in your truck on your way out of the farm going, what just happened? It's, it's over. 
And then, and then shotgun season comes into play, and now it's really over. And uh, and you're, you'll be kicking yourself because you regretted not being aggressive or not making a move. I'm telling you right now. And this is, again, I, I get really passionate about my strategy and my tactics because it's worked for me for the past five years. Um, but I've also, I've, I've also fallen victim to the... the getting frozen and not moving and sitting in that same spot. And then it was when I, when I really got frustrated with that, not seeing deer or seeing deer and not killing them is when I was like, you know what? Screw this. I gotta, I have to teach myself how to be more aggressive. And, um, you know, the last five years, it's all kind of really connected for me. So, um, let me see, uh, food plots and big ag are really great. But those are destinations, and I've already kind of mentioned that, that uh, destinations, especially for food sources, are nocturnal. You're going to get more nocturnal activity, um, even during the rut, right? There's deer that may come out at 4 o'clock, 3.30 in the afternoon to some of these places, but unless you're hunting a high, uh, like a, a very low-pressure, high-managed farm, the you're, you're just falling victim to the same thing that I just said. So, um, if you're having trouble, one option might be to get off the field edge, get into the staging areas, get into the travel corridors, the pinch points, um, uh, and look for those, some of those cruiser, cruiser bucks. Now, a lot of people ask me, Dan, do you hunt all day? I say, no, I'm just not that person. I'm not very patient. Uh, I'm not the, I'm not the kind of guy who can just wait it out, right? Um, I got shitty knees. I got a bad back. I just, uh, I'm, I'm getting old. I, I just turned 40 November 5th. So uh, I like to uh, spend, to be honest with you, I like hunting this time of year. It's gorgeous. I love observing the rut, but I also like to spend as little time in an actual tree stand as possible um, just because, you know, I'm getting old. So I, I move around too much. But what I'm getting at there is if you are the kind of guy who likes to sit all day, I'm going to I'm gonna give you a breakdown real quick of where I would put my tree stands. Number one, downwind to bedding. Every single time you ask me where are you going to put your tree stand, it's going to be downwind to bedding. That's the first option, right? Uh, if I have really clean access from wherever I'm coming from, or if I have a, a waterway or I have a good ridge to walk up or the wind is perfect, I can set my tree stand downwind of that bedding. And that's where I'm going to find a lot of activity, uh, a buck activity, you know, coming through searching for does. You've heard me say it before. The second place that I'm probably going to hunt and, uh, and if I was going to hunt all day, that would be pinch point. I got a farm where there's a cattle pasture that uh, uh, presses into the woods on a big ridge. And on the opposite side of this big ridge is a really steep drop off that goes into a creek system. So all this does is it just funnels deer in through this, uh, this, this ridge and, uh, they probably move there all day long. I'm not sure if a big mature buck is just going to get up and start walking around. Um, you know, like the statistics, uh, I should say my statistics, my experience is 
after 11 o'clock in the morning, things just really drop off, even during peak rut, right? Unless you have a hot doe come through an area, which, yeah, that might happen, but it's not going to happen every day. So then I get back in the tree about one, two. This year, I didn't even get into the tree until about three o'clock some days and uh, was, ha- was finding great success, although I was tagged out before the cold front came through and it was still warm, really warm in the evenings. But uh, finding a pinch point or a big ridge system where they cruise back and forth between different bedding areas and in between ag fields might be a really good uh, option. That can also be a waterway. Let's just say in in certain parts of Iowa, there may not be as many big blocks of timber, but you do have these wooded creek and river systems. Uh, Deer love to cruise up and down that uh, during the rut. So uh, that might be an option as well. The second or the third option I would say would be a, a staging area, a place that they're coming out of their bedding areas. They're going, they're going through a pinch point or they're going, uh, they're, they're cruising their travel corridor and then they hit a staging area where they kind of hold up, make sign. Maybe there's some acorns. They chill out there before they go to a destination food source, like a, a food plot or a big ag field, corn, beans, whatever. Um, those would be really good, especially if there's a really good terrain feature that cuts through that staging area or it's really thick and nasty. Um, typically, late October is where, on these staging areas, is where I, I find a majority of the, the, the big rubs, the scrapes. Um, yeah, you see them on the, on the field edges as well, but I feel like if you can find a really good staging area, that is where I typically have my encounters uh, with the bigger deer outside of downwind of bedding. So um, look for some of those staging areas that where the deer slow down and hold up before they go to uh, to the big egg. And I'll tell you this, I'm, I don't typically call a lot at deer, but if I don't have a deer come through within shooting range, in a, in a staging area, you give that one up at a deer who may be out of range, I always, I feel like they're more apt in that tight cover to come investigate what that grunt was and not out in a wide open food source or downwind of a bedding area. That's just my two cents. So, um, we've talked about already not freezing. Uh, but the last thing that I want to look, I want to talk to you about is pressure because I hunt a farm where there's other hunters and I know a lot of you guys hunt farms that are shared by other hunters uh, whether that's a thousand acres or whether it's 40 acres or whatever size it is this is the perfect time of year if if there's been a lot of pressure from October 1st on your farm a lot of hunting activity on your farm between October 1st and now take a look at those not so obvious uh, spots. And I, I wrote down a couple examples here, and that would be small, small lots, like just a couple acres of, of like, a an old cattle pasture that's, uh, grown up over the years. The second one is abandoned farms. If you have, if you hunt on an abandoned farm, man, I've talked to guys who their tree stands are right next to an old barn or right next to an old grain silo. And these deer just feel comfortable coming in and out of there because nobody goes in there anymore. And it's overlooked. 
Uh, some of these barns are falling down in big piles. The grain bins aren't in use anymore. And it's basically just a, 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 a thicket. And the deer are not afraid because there's no pressure in this these little these little overgrown acreages. So take a look at some of those spots as well. And then I already kind of mentioned this one, but slivers of timber along waterways right so you know the grass is maybe three foot high uh there's just a couple trees or some big bushes along a, a creek system or a river system this is out of the way and it's a it's a great a, a deer doesn't need a giant chunk of timber or a giant crp field to bed down especially if it's a buck with a doe um some of these places get overlooked and if you have a deer that's disappeared on you, who you've been hunting for this entire week, and he, oh, man, where did he go? Where did he go? Take a look at some of these out of the way, not so obvious spots where um, where they can still bed, they can hide. Uh, maybe throw a trail camera up on some sign that's in there, or you know, this is a really aggressive move. But if you're going to go scout an area right now and you bump a big deer, put that tree stand right where you bumped him and see if he comes back to it in a day or two. And um, there's a, a term, they call that the bump and dump, where they they go bump him. He feels safe because he ran away, so he's going to come back to that area. And uh, sometimes it's the next morning, sometimes it's the next evening. He's in that area for a reason, so he, there's a chance he may come come back to it. But that that's kind of a high-risk, uh, high-reward type of uh type of tactic so and uh, we're sitting at about 23 minutes and I wanted to keep this short so those are just a couple thoughts that I had on this upcoming rut um, or this current rut if you're if you're stumped and you don't know what to do take a look at some of what I've said today and uh, think about that other than that um, good luck to everybody I want to see your uh, I want to see how you've done so far this year so if you have killed a great deer go to the iowa sportsman facebook page and take a look at the uh, uh, i guess post your pictures on that page uh, send me your pictures at nine finger chronicles on my instagram page or nine finger chronicles on facebook as well and uh, i'd love to see your guys' success remember this is the time of year that we all absolutely all desire <laughs> i mean like i mean November, or when I'm in July and August and I'm pushing my kids on the swing, I'm thinking about November, right? Or late October. I'm thinking all year long, I've prepared, shot my bow, um, looked at my maps, you know, all this stuff. You know, you guys, some of you guys plant food plots. All this work in the summertime now leads up to right here. Don't let it pass you by, by, you know, freezing yourself. Don't let it pass you by by not being able to get in the timber because you know 15 days it's done buddy that shotgun season comes in and it changes everything right we all know that so good luck uh in the upcoming days and uh, keep me posted on what you guys connect with and um, i can't answer every single question but if you do have uh, strategy uh, questions tactics questions hit me up on nine finger chronicles on instagram and i'll do my best to help out with some short answers but uh, good luck and most importantly have fun but be safe and we'll talk to you next time <laughs>